0: Welcome to C3 Church Tabla. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Let's launch straight into it. I don't know how much of this I can get going, but it is for the podcast. So this is, give the podcasters a, a, a God bless. Faith and grace is what I want to talk about. So I'm going to give a lot of scriptures. Get your notepads out, your pens, and get your Bibles out. You can—they're going to be putting these scriptures up pretty quickly, and I'll paraphrase some of it. But I want to bring you to a place where I believe that you are empowered by the grace of God to do, be obedient to God. But I need to get your faith in the right place so I know this faith is a matter of choice when the spirit speaks a word of faith to your heart you have the choice to accept or reject that word the Holy Spirit urges you to believe and act in obedience to what God says it's true the Bible tells us who God really is his character his nature who he personally is Many people say they have their own ideas of God, but that is like creating your own God, little g God of your own. No God, little g again, no God could possibly save you, care for you or answer your prayers in the miraculous way that we've seen happen in this church of late. No God could possibly save you, care for you or answer your prayers in a miraculous way. It's important, can I say this as a church, and to the podcast listeners, it's important, therefore, that whatever ideas we have about God, that they are are tested against the B-I-B-L-E, the Scriptures, the Bible. So John 8.31 says, now I'm going to come flying at you with a lot of Scriptures, so I'm going to build a case, and we're going to pronounce judgment on that at the end, because you need, in 2016, your faith needs to be solidified, galvanized with great, Oh, strength and perseverance and everything you can muster up, but more than that, God's grace is on you to do that. So the Bible says in 831, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, "If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen. So to discover, to discover this free, this life that's set free. To live the marvelous life, the victorious life, the overcoming life, you really need to be a disciple of Jesus. Garth Ball, Pastor Garth, is really big on this and that's what he's going to be doing through C3 Nairobi. He's going to be making disciples. We need to discover that also. Life is about choice. Freedom will come when you hear God's word, believe God's word and act on God's word. Who believes that? Freedom comes when you hear God's Word, believe God's Word, act on God's Word. There's good news at the end of this. It's not all about you just have to try harder. I'm going to give you an awesome good news revelation at the end. Let me get there. God's Word reveals who He is, what He has done for us in Jesus, and what He wants us to do. We have to choose whether to obey or disobey, to believe or contradict what he says. Faith again, I say, is a matter of choice. Romans 10:17. 10, 10, 10, it's exactly true what Pastor Julia was saying. In 2016, we pray that you read your Bibles, but the Bible says here, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Faith comes by hearing, and by hearing the word of God, which is the Logos word. It's hearing the voice of God yourself, as Cam pointed out last week to me. The rhema word, sorry. Did I say logos? The logos word is the reading, and then the hearing of God and what he says to you is the rhema. Or if he expands, illuminates the scripture to you, that's a rhema scripture to you. That's a rhema word to you. If he illuminates the scripture to you, and it's yours. And I look in your Bible, you got it. Highlighted, underlined? Why you got that? Oh, mate, I was in a sermon. I was in a, 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 a meeting and this guy preached, woman preached, and bang, that, ser- that, that sermon got me, but that scripture got me. That was like a, a, a light that went off and boom. They're the scriptures that you'll see in my Bible. Highlighted, underlined. Is that good? Faith is not trying to believe something uncertain or even impossible. Hebrews 11.1, one. now faith is being sure, absolutely sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So we, we're, not, we're not second guessing, we are sure and we are certain. And when faith operates, the impossible becomes possible. So let's talk about faith for a moment. Romans 5.21 says, so that as sin reigned in death, So, death when you're unsaved and you're under the curse of sin and death, as that sin affects you, even so much more grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, when you've given your life to the Lord, when you've given your life totally to the Lord, grace is reigning supreme in your life. And all of a sudden, man, I can read the Bible. I can pray, oh my God, I didn't wanna give, but I can give, I can get to church, I can reach my people, I can speak about Jesus to my friends and family, there's grace, it reigns supreme, I bet you're doing things that you thought you could never do, is that right? You are doing things, and you should do, you should feel it, our salvation comes as a gift of God's grace, But it can only be appropriated by the human response of faith. To understand the process of salvation, we must understand these two words. And that is faith, say faith, and grace. Now you know what saving faith is. Saving faith is this. Faith in Jesus Christ is the only condition God requires for salvation. We know that. Faith is not only a profession about Christ, but also an activity coming from the heart of the believer who seeks to follow Christ as Lord and Savior. So let's check these scriptures out. Matthew four nineteen says, come, Jesus says, follow me. Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people, meaning he's going to send you out to bless, influence others. Come follow me, get close to me, and I'll teach you how to affect other people for good. Matthew 16 24 says then Jesus said to his disciples whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me taking up the cross is denying your own will most of the time and being obedient to God is that right Luke nine twenty three says then he said to them all whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me it says it again for whoever wants to save their life will lose it But whoever loses their life for me will save it. So if you're trying to gather up all who you think you are and gather up all your resource and gather up all your self-intellect and gather up you your self-preservation, if you're continually doing that, you're gonna lose your life in who you are in Christ. Is that right? People can live in big penthouses, have millions of dollars, can have everything swimmingly going well. But if they have not given their life to Jesus they're going to find out they're going to be on the outer with him. What good is it if someone to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit their very soul or very self? John 12, 4. When he had brought out... So don't get fazed about rich people when you meet them. If you meet a rich person, a person who is dignified by their position, status in life, whoever, guess what? They have a need you know what they need. They need Jesus. So never be phased to talk to anyone. You can approach the mayor, and I do approach the mayor of Wyong all the time, and we're good friends. And I feel I have privilege to stand up with him and, and be on even keel with him and speak matters of community and, and, and eternity too, which I've done. John 10, 4 says, when he had brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. This is why in this church we're constantly trying to get you to be intimate with God because John 10, 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them. They follow me. It's about intuitively following God, following his voice. John 12, 20, 26 says, Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Revelations fourteen four. These are those who did not defile themselves with women, but they remain virgins. They follow the lamb wherever he goes. They were purchased from among mankind and offered as first fruits to God and the lamb. So it's about following, getting very close to Jesus, Worshipping him, knowing him intimately. Faith means firmly believing and trusting in, this this is the big one, in the crucified and risen Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. Now, boom, stop there. If you're getting familiar of coming to church, and if you're getting familiar with just people reading you scriptures, or if you're getting familiar with your Christian friends, if you're getting familiar with the presence of God, if you're getting familiar with the Holy Spirit, I would recommend maybe watching the Mel Gibson, The Passion, and see the price that Christ paid for you in all its graphic display and realize that that was paid for you. Now, when you get that wake-up call that Christ was crucified on the cross for your sin, for your shortfallings, for all mankind, it sobers you up, and then again, you can worship Him and not be bored or familiar with him, amen, don't talk, what is it, the Jesus culture song lyric says, don't talk like he's not in the room, do we sing that lyric or not, is that a lyric that we actually sing, that would pull you out from a dirt, a lot of foul language or or just perverseness or whatever, that that really should, that really should, but but I'm going to help you, I'm going to help you, it's it's all good, we're going to get there, it's, it's about believing in your heart, but Okay, so there's a lot of intellectual doubt out there. Intellectual doubt, because people have gotten very clever through Google, through the internet, they're studying atheists, they're studying very clever philosophies and stuff, and they're literally arguing like scientists. They're ar- arguing things I don't even understand. Amen? But a person with an experience is not at the mercy of one with an argument. Amen? So never be bamboozled by that. If they're coming at you with rocket science of, you know, how the universe was formed and it's impossible, God couldn't have done it, so what? Uh, I'm not interested. God affected my life. I'm here because of him. And without him, I'd be nothing. Amen? That's our testimony. We overcome by the power of our testimony by the blood of Christ. Amen? And the Bible says we do not shrink back. We stand our ground. And, all, you know, we could have Richard Dawkins in our face. I don't care who he is. He said... If there was any, basically, religion I would subscribe to, maybe it would be the Christians, because I don't see them killing people, chopping heads off. And I don't see them proselytizing by blood and guts. and I don't know. That was a big concession, apparently, that Richard Dawkins, the professional atheist. Romans 1.17 says, we got to trust in the crucified Christ, as our personal Lord and Savior. Here it goes. For in the gospel, in the gospel, which the gospel is about Christ crucified, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So it involves our hearts. All right, Romans six seventeen. Where does it say that, Pastor Phil, that can't I just believe? Can't I just believe with my mind? Uh, look, I think it's reasonable that Jesus Christ is Lord. I don't want to get too... Man, I don't want my heart to get involved in here. I don't want to get too caught up in this. I'll go along with these Christian people. Yeah, they're not bad people. It's pretty safe, you know. And, uh, but no, I'm, I'm sorry. It, it involves your hearts. And the Bible says, Romans 6, 17. But thanks be to God that, though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart. The pattern of teaching, thank you Lisa for that, that, that harmony that we got both together there. The teaching that, let's do it, let's do it again, heart, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll practice later. The pattern of teaching that is now claim, your allegiance, We're, we have an allegiance with Christ. Ephesians 6.6, 6. obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. I, I, would, I would believe that a lot of people are in this church because of their heart. They love this church. They love Julie and I. They love each other. They love what they do. love Jesus, and that's why you are here. I honestly believe that. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. And with the full assurance that faith brings, (laughs) having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, which is a powerful thing, not having a guilty conscience before God, and having our bodies washed with pure water. So faith involves repentance, i.e. in true sorrow, turning from sin. So really, you've got to come to a place, yes, you've said yes to Jesus, but it might take a serious look at the cost of what Christ did to get you into the, uh, the kingdom. And, and he's not just a, a, a philosopher, Jesus. It's not just a, you know, some sort of a belief system. This is about Christ personally dying for you. So there's got to be some sorrow in turning from your wicked ways and believing in God. And Acts seventeen thirty says, in the past, God overlooked such ignorance But now he commands all people everywhere to repent. So there's a time in our life where we really got to do the business with God. Do you you notice in this church we always do the business with God? There's got to be an exchange in church. It's just not, we're not just waxing lyrical or just you know, there's got to be an exchange. Julie said, right, anything you're struggling with in 2016, let's deal with it. The things that you want to be empowered to do, read your Bible, pray, give, whatever it is, let's do that. There was. Did you like that? Do you like how C3 Tugger is like that? Do you like that there's an exchange? Some people can be freaked out about that. I'm not here to exchange anything. I'm not, I'm not giving any myself away. Man, I just want to pay homage to God. I'm not talking about things I'm struggling with or, or, or... But that's the sort of church we are in. Amen? We like this sense of divine exchange. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. And, and then turning to God through Christ, saving faith is always... It's always a repentant faith. So Acts 2.37 when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the apostles, "Brothers, what shall we do?" Acts 2:38, Peter replied, "Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit." If, you're, if you don't think you have enough Holy Spirit, try this. Lord forgive me. Have I grieved you somehow? Holy Spirit, I want more of you. You can actually be a Christian and not be filled with the Spirit. When you're saved, the, the Bible says theologically, you received a down, down payment of the Holy Spirit. And I, as you've heard me say, it's like a little pilot light. And until you turn those burners on and, and that barbecue unit goes up, don't you love that sound? Do you love it too, Marie? Yeah, it's a great sound. It's a great sound. Okay. I've never met a woman that loves that sound. I love that sound. It's got a little pilot, and you turn on. <laughs> Bible says she drives a V8. It say no more. Just, uh, Bible says you receive a down payment of the Holy Spirit, but then it says the disciples were baptized in the Holy Ghost even before they were water baptized. These were ones that were fully baptized in the Holy Ghost. We can be like that. We can be fully baptized, or we can just we can make do with the little pilot light. And look, I'm saved, I know I'm saved, but it's up to you. The Holy Spirit never comes in and, 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 and takes over your life without your decision, amen? Come, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Benny Hinn, famous book of the 70s. Being introduced to the Holy Spirit, welcoming the Holy Spirit into your life. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can ignore the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about that a little later. Faith includes obedience to Jesus Christ and his word as a way of life, inspired by faith, by our gratitude to God and by the regenerating work of the Spirit. John 3.3, Jesus replied, "Verily I tell you that no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. Okay, we'll move it down. You know the scripture from 3 to 6. Uh, No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. Again, John 14, 15 says, if you love me, keep my commands. John 14, 21, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Moving on down to 23, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and will come to them and make our home with them. Boom, that's powerful. So if you're loving God and being obedient to Him, you're going to have the full-blown manifestation of the acquaintance of God in your life. Is that right? 14.24 says, anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. That's why it's important to get in love with Jesus, get in love with God. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Hebrews 5.8 says, Son, son, though he was, he learned obedience. So we're talking about obedience. When we know God, we love God, we've been saved, we should have obedience from what he suffered. Verse 9, And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. It is an obedience that comes from faith, Romans 1, five. Therefore, faith and obedience belong inseparably together. Romans 16.26 says, to back that up, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience, say obedience, obedience. that comes from faith, say faith, Two powerful words, inseparable. Faith and obedience. If you want faith, you have to be obedient. If you want to be obedient, you have to have faith. So the conclusion is, saving faith without the commitment to sanctification is illegitimate and impossible. Faith includes a heartfelt personal devotion and attachment to Jesus Christ that expresses itself in trust, say trust, and love, say love, and gratitude, say gratitude, and loyalty. Faith is an ultimate sense, cannot. Faith, in an ultimate sense, cannot properly be distinguished from love. It is a personal activity of sacrifice and self-giving directed towards Christ. That's why you see people serving. Why are they serving in the house? Because they love God. Why are they standing at doors and serving communion and counting the offering and worshipping and, and all that we do? Why they do it? Because they obviously love God. Loving God will get you across the line to serve God. Matthew twenty two thirty seven 37 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. <laughs> John 21 verse 15, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Jesus says, yes, Lord, Peter said, he said, you know that I love you, Jesus said, feed my lambs, back it up, feed my lambs, do what I'm asking you to do. And again, it says in 16, again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Uh, Peter's going, Well, yeah, yeah, I, I, I love you. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. He said, lambs, now he's saying sheep. The third time he said to them, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time. He must have been crestfallen. Do you love me? He said, Jesus said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Reach out, minister, do what I'm calling you to do. Acts 8.37 Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Talking about being baptized in water. Romans 6.17 says, but God be thanked and through you were slaves to sin, yet you obeyed from the heart. And Form of doctrine to which you were delivered. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live now, I live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Ephesians six six says, obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Let's through this it's all about love you get that let's quote this scripture john 1 12 before we leave this but as many as received him and and then he gave the right to become children of god to those who believe not believe in the noun not they've just believed and that's it no believe in the verb 98 times believe is mentioned in the new testament in greek it means they believe they constantly believe if i was to ask frank do you believe i'm believing you know he wouldn't say yeah I believed back in 90 year well what year was it you might it might have got saved uh, nine, let me have a guess 1992 91 I was close and and, and if I was to say do you believe he, he, he wouldn't come back to me and says yes I believed noun back there that was it no he's saying I believe and in the true sense that's a verb that's now I believe do you believe now Do you believe now? Yeah, I was believing five minutes ago, but I'm not sure. Uh, uh, But do you believe now? Do you believe right now? Because something could have shifted, something could have changed. You could have got a phone call, you could have read something on your Facebook, I don't know. But do you believe? And that's what God is, that's what the scripture is inferring, that you gotta believe now. It's important to note that John never uses the noun belief, John uses the verb believe 98 times. For John saving faith is an activity, something that people do. True faith is not a static belief and trust in Jesus and his redeeming work, but loving self-abandoning commitment that constantly draws one near to him as Lord and Savior. That's why we come to church. Hebrews 7:25, therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. That means come. That means moving towards him. Because he always lives to intercede for them. Because we have faith in a definite person who died for us, we can absolutely know this. That without Jesus, a personal relationship with him, that our faith will falter. That's what I was trying to say through all those scriptures. Our faith should become greater. Romans 4.20 yet you did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God but were strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God strengthened in his faith 2 Thessalonians 1.3 says we ought to always thank God for you brothers and sisters and rightly so because your faith is growing more and more and the love of all you have one another is increasing hence the theme your love is growing more and more Let's talk about trust and obedience, developing into loyalty and devotion. Romans 14, 8 says, if we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whatever, what, whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. It was so, it's so sad when you know and hear stories of people, when they're coming to the end, that they have fear. That they're fearful of dying. Friend, you don't have to have that fear. The sting of death is being nullified from your life. You don't need that. Uh, You can believe that you're bound for heaven. So I have a statement here. Loyalty and devotion develop into an intense feeling of personal attachment to and love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 1.21 says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Philippians 3.8 to 3.10 you can read that yourself. Faith in Christ brings us into a new relationship with God that exempts us from the wrath. Yes, it does. Romans 1.18, Romans one. Through this new relationship, we're dead to sin. Please read uh, Romans 6.1 down to 6.18. And it talks about the war, the tussle in our inner, inner self. But can I tell you this? Christ in you enables you to live sin-free. Amen? You can beat this. You can beat this stuff that's seemingly always at you, trying to bring you down. You're dead to sin. Amen? Say this, Lord God, thank you for this new relationship that I'm dead to sin and indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Galatians 3.5 says, so again I ask, does God give you His Spirit, capital S, His Holy Spirit, and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by the believing what you heard? Galatians 4, 6 says it because you are the sons, God sent, sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit that is, who calls out Abba, Father. I'd love to talk about grace. My time is gone. But I can tell you this. That grace is not without effect. Okay, so you got faith, you got faith, you got faith, guess what God's got for you? The undeserved favor of God, the same faith, the same grace that God had in the Old Testament, that that he was constantly trying to help God's people through the promises of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That same mercy and grace and faithfulness God had for the Old Testament believer, it's got a whole new deal to it and it's called grace the undeserved favour of God and it's towards everyone not just Christians but grace to everyone and the Bible says that grace is not without effect in fact it says it gives you the empowerment to be obedient in fact I think you have to try hard to be disobedient to God if you're in faith and you're accessing grace you have to try really hard to play up You really have to let yourself fall into sin. That's what I'm basically saying. Do you believe that? Because God's empowering presence of His grace being around you, causing you to be obedient to Him to work out His good and perfect pleasing will. A couple of more scriptures. But by the grace of God, 1 Corinthians 15.10 says, Thank you for grace, Lord. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill the good purpose. Can you see that? I'm doing this to speak it into the life of this church, to speak it into this community. I want people to come in here um, this year and say, you know, I've always struggled in this area, that area. But since I've been in this church, I had one person says, I've always struggled to give. But since I've been in this church, I just love giving. I've always struggled with this sin. But since I've been in this church, I don't do that anymore. I've been finding it hard to love my wife. But since I've been in this church, I love my wife. That's the empowering presence of God. Man, I'd hardly picked up my Bible. But since I've been in this church, I just love my Bible. I take it everywhere I go. I subscribe to it. I love it. I dwell in it. I meditate on it. 1 Timothy 1.15 says, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Talking about grace. 1 Timothy 1.16. For for, but for that very reason, I was shown mercy So that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus, might display His immense patience as an example of those who would believe in Him and receive eternal life. In fact, this whole movement of the Christian life from beginning to end is dependent on grace. God gives a measure of grace as a gift. 1 Corinthians 1.4, I'm nearly done. Let's do it. I always thank my God for you because of His grace given you in Christ Jesus. I thank God He's given you grace. I thank God I'm working with people whereby God's given you grace to to bring you up to speed, to change you, to transform you, to heal you, to set you free. I'm thanking God for that. If this was just a secular church and we were depending on just seminar preaching and and, and, oh my God, it would be so hard. To believers so that they may be able to believe in the Lord Jesus' grace is given. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God. You know that. Titus 2.11 says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Don't be surprised who's going to get saved in your world. Titus 2.12 says, It teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Can I say that again? It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. Thank you, Jesus. Titus 3, 4. And when the kindness and the love of God, our Saviour, appeared, He saved us. Not because of the righteousness things we had done, but because of His mercy, because of His grace. He saved us through the watching of rebirth and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Saviour, so that having been justified by His, say the word, grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Two, God gives grace to believers to be set free from sin. Romans 6 20 when you were slaves to sin you were free from the control of righteousness but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God and benefit and reap leads to holiness the result of eternal life to will and to act according to his good purpose Philippians 2 13 for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill the good purpose i got to read that again it's the grace of God around you, on you, for you it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. Say good purpose. Matthew seven twenty one. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Make sure if you're praying for that person, they've got to they've sign off on Jesus. They've got to give their heart to Jesus. Can I say this? That it's, we're incapable of living the Christian life without grace without Christ living in us. This gift of grace allows us to live the Christian life. Ephesians 2.5, He's made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. Is by grace you have been saved. Scripture also declares that by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, for we are God's workmanship. For it is God who works in you to will, to act according to His good pleasure. Helps us to pray. Zechariah 12.10, read that. Also, God gives grace for us to grow. 2 Peter 3.18. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to whom be glory from now and forever. So many people coming and they're stunted and they're not developing. And we pray that in 2016, that as new people come into this house, that they will begin a whole new... A whole new fast-trekking, a a, a, a transformation of growth and increase in their life. God gives grace to witness for Christ. Acts 4.33 With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. Acts 11.23 When he arrived and saw that the grace of God had done what it had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. And three, lastly, God's grace must be diligently desired and sought. Hebrews 4:16, and this is it. This is the last statement I want to make. Hebrews 4:16 says, "Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence." so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And people don't do this. They stand in the house and they go, oh, I've got enough of God. I know God, Jesus. Yeah, look, stop bugging me, man. Look, Jesus, Lord, whatever. I don't need more grace. I don't want more grace. I don't want to do anything more for God. I don't want to read any more Bible. I don't want to give more. I don't want to love more. I don't want to do any of that. I just want to come along and hang with you people. Come to the throne of grace boldly. Come and receive your Iron Man suit. I didn't think I could love you people, but I can in the power of the Holy Ghost. Whoa! I'm self-sufficient. I don't need any of that. No, you need grace. Some of the ways, the means of grace by which God, by which God's grace is received are. This is a, this is a handy Handy thing to take in. Studying and obeying the Scripture. Hearing the the proclamation of the Gospel, like what we're doing right now. Luke 24 and 47, Acts 1.8. Praying, that's how you get grace. Fasting, that's how you get grace. Worshiping Christ, that's how you get grace. Being continually filled with the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 5.18, that's how you get grace. Participating in the Lord's Supper, that's how you get grace. God's grace. Disclaimer, disclaimer, watch it. God's grace can be resisted. Hebrews 12:15. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Mm. We can receive it in vain. 2 Corinthians 6, 1 says, as God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. Don't talk in the, what's the script? What's the lyric say? Don't talk like he's not in the room. We can set aside grace. Galatians 2.21. Ah, what about 1 Thessalonians 4.19? Don't put out the Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, Do not quench the Spirit. Galatians 2.21 says, I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. And lastly, don't abandon. Don't abandon the Holy Spirit. Don't abandon the grace of God. Last Scripture. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from Christ. Let's all stand. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3tagra.org.au We hope to see you at church soon. selfless faith to live like Christ for all our days. And we we'll...